是台湾人，台湾人，台湾人。Welcome to Taiwan Yuan. This is your host Cindy. Today we're continuing our series with Taipei Blockchain Week, and we're diving into Web 3.0 with Ray Tong, a longtime crypto investor. Ray schools me on Web 3, stablecoin, the metaverse, you name it. Come learn with me. Hi, Ray. Please tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Sure. So my name is Ray.、Uh, well. First of all, my family is Taiwanese, but I grew up in the U.S.、Um, basically, born and raised.、Um, started off in the West Coast, then moved to Oklahoma and Texas, and also lived in New York. So, kind of all over the U.S.、Mm. Um, and you know, in the beginning, I studied computer science in college. Afterwards, worked in Silicon Valley and New York for a little bit over six years. And in college, you know, that's when I found out about Bitcoin、um, in one of my、mm. lectures. And started learning about. I mean, back then it wasn't, it wasn't. There wasn't multiple cryptos. It was just Bitcoin, right? That was the first one, and was really fascinated by it because,、um, you know, growing up in high school, I, I played a lot of video games and wanted to send money around to people, and like you couldn't. You're too like I think PayPal、gotcha. used to be at least eighteen to use PayPal, and then you know PayPal they would block you, or if they find out you're you're sending money for like games, like let's say you're playing a game, you want to sell an item, they'll ban you for that. It's like illegal. Um, oh. So, you know, growing up, I was just, like fascinated. Was, like, how do you? Why can't you send money or value to someone like sending an email? So, Bitcoin、mm-hmm. was super interesting,、um, and started trading it, investing in it. But it was all like a hobby, right? It's always a hobby. And then after college, you know, I worked in tech. It was always just a side thing until 2020、um, pandemic happened. We were all locked in, and at that point, I wanted to do it full time. So I quit my job in New York. Moved to Taipei, and、wow. basically just started. I mean, I've always been involved for the past ten years, very involved. But that's when、mm-hmm. I just decided to do it full time, doing crypto research, trading, investing, power user, and also just helping and teaching friends along the way. So, just quickly, what? How would you compare the crypto community in Taiwan versus the U.S.? Crypto in general is actually very、uh, nomadic and remote in a way. Right.、Um, mm-hmm. I would say that Taiwan. Is actually a very growing community, and it's actually getting pretty big. But a lot of people know each other. So if you work in the crypto community, like most people know of you or your friends or your company,、um, and I actually quite like it. I think it's a very tight knit community here. And you know, you go to these conferences. There's there, there's recently like two weeks ago one in Singapore called Token Twenty Forty Nine. A bunch of Taiwanese people went. Now, especially with BZD,、uh, the、mm-hmm. Butsudao Group, you know, the the exposure of Taiwanese crypto is actually There's a lot, lot of us in North America,、um, some of us in the UK. So it's it's actually just not like it's not just in Taiwan. There's Taiwanese people in crypto all over the world now. So that's very exciting. And、yeah. also, you know, there's there's like a Taiwanese NFT bar now in Taipei. It's like it's actually getting pretty <laughs> widespread. You pay NFT to go drink. I think it's more so just a theme. So like,、oh, okay. they, they, they <laughs> made the bar. How does this work? <laughs> I mean, effectively, they could allow you to pay with crypto、mm-hmm. for alcohol, but、mm-hmm. the times that I went, they basically were just a venue that had a few projectors and allowed you to show your art, and also、oh. they were just a venue where people that、I、were、see. interested in crypto would go there on weekends and、uh, you know talk about.、It. Like, there's、okay. also a bar called Traders Bar, which is really popular in Taiwan, 
which is a bar themed around stock market and trading. And they have like stock prices along the wall. And I think every week or every month they host like a crypto event there as well. So there's, you know, there's like weekly gatherings that are catered towards the crypto community in Taipei and Taiwan in general. I love it. Unexpected bar wrecks. Yeah. <laughs> Just to kick us off. Um, so, so far we've, uh, well, I have covered uh, DAOs and blockchains in these series. Um, and that brings us to what we're here to talk about today, which is Web 3.0. TBH, I don't know the difference between the three things, really. Like, okay. So what what is the difference um, or how would you explain to someone what Web 3.0 is and how does it relate to DAOs and uh, blockchain? Someone talked about this on Twitter once, and I a lot of people repeat it, and I think it's a really good way to explain it to beginners. Uh-huh. Um, you have Web three, which is basically proceed. You know, it's it's after following Web one and Web two. So uh-huh. Web one is like static web pages where you're just reading, you're just reading uh-huh. things. That's it. Web two would be like Facebook or Instagram. You're reading, but you're also sharing. You're like writing uh-huh. stuff. You're social media. Web two. Web three would be the f- previous reading, writing, but also owning. So you're able to prove that you own something. And traditionally on a computer, if I send you a file, if I send you a movie, that file is actually being copied to you. So like an email, Mm -hmm. if I send an email, it's on your computer, but it's also on my computer. It exists in both places. Or if I send you a song, if I send you a song, it's like copied, right? It's copied onto your computer. With blockchain and Web3, it's a way to prove that you own something. You can send something, but you're not copying it. You're actually transferring the ownership. So there's like, you're not... If I send you an Ethereum, I don't own it anymore. Yeah. I actually sent it to you and it's, I don't own it anymore. So Web3 itself yeah. is just like, there's, there's, a, there's a few ways to approach it. But Web3 in general is a way where online you can read, you can read, you can write content and you can prove that you own content. And how you interact with those assets is kind of what we're experimenting Web3 today. Obviously, like with Web2, you know, we had Facebook and Instagram. Now you have like TikTok and Be Real. Like it's kind of getting more and more crazy with with all these different apps. I think Web three we're still very early stages where we haven't even thought of all the ways that we can create interesting applications. And you know that's what's exciting right now. It's like it's opening a new door with this new utility. Now Web three in general, it's it's trying to create a decentralized version of the okay. internet where you know like yeah. let's say for example PayPal will restrict you and say you cannot send money because you don't follow one of these rules. Facebook will deplatform you. Twitter will deplatform you. The idea of Web three is that you know it's a shared, decentralized, democratic version of the internet where you you don't have to rely on one company, right? It's just like uh-huh, it works, uh-huh. and yeah. That's the part that's like a mystery to me. But right, you have done such a good job. I think I understand. Now. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 hard to uh, comprehend or visualize if. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gotten a traction here. Like, imagine trying to explain someone like TikTok to like, why would I share this random story? But then now you see everyone using it, and there's actually people producing really, really good content, and then it becomes right. addicting. So there are th- there are things where like a lot of naysayers like, it's so stupid. Why would I ever do that? It's because the idea hasn't really gotten traction yet. But some people like mm-hmm. me, we see like the possibility of things that can be developed. They're just not, you know, they haven't took taken off fully yet. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then that's true with any tech, new technology, right? Which is like, mm-hmm. inherently, there's no value. But once you assign some value to it, that's how it, um, yeah. it's self-explanatory. And, and one, the one thing is like, you know, I got into crypto really early, over 10 years now. And a lot of people 
keep saying, people still say this today, it's like, I wish I bought Bitcoin five years ago. I wish I bought it 10 years ago. And everything is, everyone that says this, they're regretting about something that they missed out on in the past. Whereas I am constantly thinking, wow, this is like still the early stages. Like I can't wait to build more on top of this platform and think of the future. Because five years from now, I think people will keep saying that, like, I wish I bought it in 2022 or I wish I built something in 2022. Um, so I, I still think we're very, very early in this technology. And mm-hmm. it's like, I would compare it to like, you know, AOL just came out and you got an email account and you know, forget Netflix that you know that doesn't exist yet. Streaming doesn't exist yet. We haven't even created the technologies to be able to think of the applications, you know, at that speed. So, ooh, okay. So now I'm super curious in terms of the exploration you were talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. What parts of Web three excites you the most? There's a few. Um, I think one of the simplest ones is just like transfer. Again, this goes back to like high school days, but it's just like transferring mm-hmm. value to anyone in the world. Value as in it could be currencies or it could be property, it could be something that you own, transferring money to someone in the world instantly without any mm-hmm. kind of restrictions, like a text message or an email. Sending that across and being able to transact that, I think is super powerful because imagine if I didn't have a US bank account and I only have a Taiwanese bank and I'm yeah. like, hey, can you give me $200? And it's like a Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. Like, how long will that take for me to actually get it in my bank account? And how much will you lose from the conversions and all that? You know, it's good. I'll probably won't get it till the week after that. And then give a take, you know, you have to go to the bank for a wire transfer. That's a lot of process involved in just sending value across. Why can't it be like sending a text? So I think being able to do international remittances will be super exciting. Also, mm-hmm. just like payments in general. Like if you travel a lot, you go to the bank, you have to withdraw foreign currencies. I think it's a huge mess. I think it'd be cool if, I mean, we're getting there, but have, mm-hmm. have you heard of the term stable coins? I only know Doge coin. <laughs> okay. okay, so obviously there's Bitcoin and there's Ethereum, these cryptocurrencies. Yeah. But there are now cryptocurrencies that are just, for example, USDC. It's a cryptocurrency, but it's just one coin is one dollar. The the cryptocurrency follows the US dollar. Oh, I see. The thing about these cryptocurrencies are they're usually created by a company. So there is a company mm-hmm. that created USDC, and what they do is, you know, they created, let's say, a billion USDCs. There's a lot more than that, but let's say that we have a billion. Somewhere they should own a billion dollars of cash somewhere in a bank or treasury yes. bonds, safe assets. So that is backed one-to-one. Now, if it is backed one-to-one, then I can send you a USDC. You can cash it out online or anywhere else in the world. You know that it's backed one-to-one or worth a dollar. And now you can transact in USDCs. So... You know, imagine you go to Taiwan, well, let's say there's a bar or some venue or some online ticketing agent that accepts USDC. And there are places uh-huh. that are starting to accept USDC. You can just use your phone and send the digital asset and then they can get paid. Yeah. It's an online native coin, like cash itself. You can use your credit card, but it's not natively online. It's like we've built these platforms like Stripe and all these different companies to like make it so that you can use it simply. But then that kind of goes out the window when you travel internationally, right? So, you know, like, it's actually surprising. If you go to Taiwan, if you go to like Family Mart, they don't accept US visas. It's really weird. Maybe this changed the past year, oh. but a lot mm. of like, yeah, a lot of local shops, they might accept card, but they only accept regional-based cards. Right, yeah. No, I love this example because I love shopping. So I was like, yeah. immediately understood. <laughs> Online shopping is very difficult for Canadians. In terms of? You have to pay duties. Right. So we drive to Buffalo. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. But that's an interesting thing too, because 
duties, like there's regulation exactly. involved where yeah. the government wants to get it paid. So that pushes back on, there's going to be certain parties that don't want crypto mm-hmm. because then it's going to be course. hard to charge those duties and royalties and fees and taxes um, when everyone's just paying on a different network. So, you yeah. know, there's a lot of uh, regulatory uh, roadblocks. That's like the biggest concern right now. Yeah, they want to track the money. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So. Cool. But I just think, you know, for people who have had a lot of limitations in commerce, like that's, yep, yeah. Exactly. Very cool possibilities. Um, I have to ask, it is not related. I'm just curious <laughs> since I have you here. What is the metaverse? <laughs> like, I know the metaverse, as in I've seen the pictures, obviously. Right, right, right. But those are all reality. like some AI, some crazy. Yes. First of all, metaverse is somewhat of a buzzword. Um, I believe we're already living in a metaverse. So what you've probably seen visually is like some kind of like, you know, Oculus headset. Someone's plugged into the matrix and like they're living in yeah, a digital world. I, I saw Mark Zuckerberg's little avatar. I know there's right. a subway in the metaverse. <laughs> right. <laughs> this so is that's, my knowledge. that's what some people envision the metaverse as in <laughs> some digital reality where you're plugged in, yeah. and, you know, but in my opinion, it's just an online community where people you know, share with their community and their sub-communities too. So in my opinion, that already exists. You have people on Twitter, like crypto Twitter is its own little category. And then you have people on Reddit. They're like completely different. They have their own different clubs, their own different communities on Reddit. And then you have Twitch, like people that follow their own fans on Twitch. And they have their own lingo too, right? Like abbreviations Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't know. There's TikTok people. Um, So there's all these different online sub-communities. And I would consider those as basically metaverse. I mean, yeah, you're communicating through gotcha. a monitor. I don't think being, you know, plugged in with a headset, you know, that changes much. Um, and we're honestly, we're probably still quite a few years away from some kind of matrix like version where you're, you know, wearing a Obsessed. headset and, and yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like people play online games and I think that's, that's, that's a metaverse, right? Like what's the difference between playing so Fortnite? That's true. Right. Yeah. So. so if there was something where you could plug in from the back of your neck, would you do it? <laughs> I think the younger generation always, like you look at your parents and like maybe they're like trying to figure out how to use their phone and like they don't know how to do something super simple like Snapchat. Like my parents don't know how to use Snapchat. They would never want to use Snapchat. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know when I'm like 60, if I would be like, oh my God, I don't know how to get into the metaverse. It's so hard. And my son's like teaching me how to plug in. So I'm pretty tech savvy, but I feel like as I get older, maybe I will be a little clumsy as well. But I I, I would like to try it. I, as long as like safe and it sounds cool. Sure, why not? Yes, I agree with that. As long as I'm not the first, I'm down to try. Yeah, there's I mean, there's there's like anime now that's like people there's a, there's an anime where like somebody goes into the metaverse where they plug in and they can't log off and they're stuck. <laughs> there's like themes oh. around this kind of, you know, obviously it's all fictional, but it's like you log into oh. the metaverse and like if you die in the metaverse, you die in real life. So it's not Wreck-It Ralph you're talking about? <laughs> sounds, sounds like Wreck-It Ralph, yeah. <laughs> Good movie. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck in the arcade. Not the worst place to be stuck, you know. Okay, so you mentioned metaverse as a buzzword. Let's do some other buzzwords for fun, just for fun. Sure. So I have a list here, and I'm going to pick the ones I absolutely have no idea what it means. Okay. Ape. What does aping mean? Is it a verb? Ape. No, well, it, it can, it's turned into a verb. And 
Uh-huh. It's basically saying like I'm going to ape into this thing, or I'm an ape.、Okay. So basically, like apes are very aggressive, I guess, in a way, and like、uh, very, very、uh, risk heavy. As in, like I don't know if this works. Screw it. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna ape in. So like jump in, just like go yo yo almost like a yolo mentality. Mm, so、okay. that's that's so, kind of like think of like an ape pounding his chest and being like, okay, whatever, I'm gonna do it. So maybe、Donkey、like there's、Kongi. exactly you just rush、okay. into something new. <laughs> gotcha. And they just like go in and put in a lot of money. Exactly, and then they probably lose it all because they didn't do the research. One of the jokes during a bull market or when crypto prices are going、mm-hmm. up. Constantly,、mm-hmm. and these, you know, you have like a the last bull market we had was almost like two years long, so they're quite long. But a,、uh, one of the memes is that like you don't actually do your research until you start losing money. It's it, it's kind of the joke. It's like buy、Touché. first, research later. Hmm. Which is not a good advice. Don't don't don't. Yeah. Crazy, <laughs> like on the record. But that's that. that's 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 what someone that would you know call themselves an ape. That's what they would do. Because of the FOMO, right? Yes. Got it. What is Hodel? Like yeah, I know so, the Game of Thrones Hodor. Hodor. It's <laughs> not really related, but basically,、um, it was a meme based off of someone that made a Reddit post. Not sorry, not Reddit. It was on Bitcoin Talk, but basically an online forum where the price is crashing, and you know the three hundred the movie with Spartans. Uh huh. So basically,、yeah. they were having like a meme where these guys would hold their shields out. And it'd be like、uh, hold the line, as in like don't sell, right? If you、gotcha. if no one sells, then the price shouldn't、it、go down,、crash. right?、Yeah. So it's like team, let's hold. But、oh, they、I、had、see. a typo, and、oh. the typo <laughs> turned into hodl, and then now everyone just it just turned into a meme. So everyone just calls it hodl now. I want my typos to be that epic.、Yeah. Oh my god! And that this meme has been out for like ten years now, but it's you know it's it's stuck around. There's too many to pick from.、Um, rugged, I know what it means. Yeah, so this is actually ru- this is actually rugged、uh, instead of rugged, rugged? It's rugged. Yeah,、oh. so think of like a think of、the、like、rug? a carpet or like rug、mm-hmm. pull. So think of someone standing on a carpet and then you pull the carpet under them. They're gonna、oh. they're gonna fall, right? <laughs> so essentially,、yeah. um, you can say,、um, "I got rugged." Which means I got scammed or I lost all my money because、oh. you invested in a project and then they swept the rug under you, and that、mm-hmm. could mean basically the the founders quit or it was a scam project.、Um, several different meanings. So R U G like rug is basically saying like, was this a fake? Was this a scam? Did I get scammed? Yeah. yeah. So someone may have aped on something. They wanted the hodl, but it didn't happen. They got rugged. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> real time, real time knowledge. Yeah, somebody you know、okay. um, during the bull market, people on Telegram、mm-hmm. would just be ape question mark, and then you can respond like, "No, it's rug." Oh. So. <laughs> wow, this is a whole new world. As you're in Taiwan now, so I do think Ray, you're the perfect person to ask. How can Taiwan specifically、uh, take advantage of Web three and the other things to come of it? Yeah, I mean, Web three in general is still super new.、Um, all these, you, you can see a lot of you know top fifty, top five hundred companies starting to embrace it, and I would love Taiwan companies to also embrace it as well.、Um, just examples like Nike、um, just bought、mm-hmm. acquired a company called Artifact, which is an NFT project. 
uh, Tiffany, the jewelry store, uh-huh. they also launched an NFT collaboration. Um, so you see a lot of these like name brand yeah. stores and corporations starting to experiment with NFTs and Web3 and crypto. So I, I think it'd be cool if Taiwan also just kind of embraces it rather than maybe you they see some headlines of prices crashing or people getting scammed. You know, those are the negatives, but there's still a lot of potential here. And, you know, again, I kind of referenced this earlier, but we're still in the AOL phase of the internet for crypto. So it's still very early. Um, one thing that they can do is maybe embrace a stable coin, either accepting mm. it or allowing people to, to purchase merchandise. I think that will bring a lot of customers. Um, mm-hmm. and, and overall, just, you know, it's, it's up to the builders and the creators to shape how this, you know, technology goes. I think if, if nothing gets created from here on out, then crypto is a failure. It's, it's kind of, mm. you know, it's kind of going to die out. But the idea is that the technology in general will continue advancing forward. And hopefully it gets better and easier to use and, you know, all of that. Get your tickets to Taipei Blockchain Week from December 12th to December 17, 2022. Prices start at just $30 for students. Let us know if this was helpful to you. Taiwan Jiao.